Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Ali Moreno and Shaka Hissop. We'll kick things off in Wales. Uh, Newport County in action against Manchester United. Uh, Newport are playing in the fourth tier of English football, but boy, did they give United a scare? Ten Hag side side fine, 2-0 up. Newport County, they got it back to 2-2. In the end, though, two late goals for Manchester United. We've seen them through to the next round of the Cup. For more on this, here's Kayan Craig. Thanks, Dan. Well, that was a big sigh of relief for Eric Ten Hag, wasn't it, Craig? Because, OK, it was a win. It wasn't the most convincing, but it was the win that they needed on the day. Yeah, he just had to avert a, a potential disaster, and uh, it was close. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, uh, when they went 2-0 up early, but, you know, that, that great strike that was deflected got them back in it, and that gave Newport some new belief. Scored a... Obviously, the uh, the second goal for Newport was a great, well-worked goal, not from Man United's perspective, uh, but great cross and nice finish. And then the game was back in the balance, and that must have been a huge concern uh, for Ten Hag going forward. But in the end, these guys got the job done, so he doesn't have to face those awkward questions. And it was a difficult tie away from home, and the pitch wasn't great, uh, and they just had to, to make sure that they got in the hat for the next round, which they did. They're in the, they're in the last 16. And that, for me, was all United could ask for. And obviously, there was a lot of questions asked before the game because there was no Marcus Rashford in the squad. Eric Ten Hag was pushed on this before the game, asking why he wasn't in the squad. The website had said it was an illness. He would not say. He just said it's an internal matter, and he continued to say that, which suggests there is something more. Well, Marcus Rashford was spotted in that nightclub Thursday or around about that, phoned in to train in L the next day. Uh, there is clearly more to this than meets the eye. Uh, I just don't, uh, I don't get it with this Marcus Rashford guy. Here we have a guy who's super talented, you know, who comes off his best season ever, gets this big new deal and is clearly just sitting on his laurels. He's clearly just said, you know what, I've got the money, I've got this new contract. Because it's not just this incident, if you watch his performances this season, doesn't track back. Lack of end product, lack of interest. And then this is another, another headache that Ten Hag is going to have to deal with. And this is by far not the first. I mean, there's a list as long as you're armed of problematic players that he is having to deal with. And it's so disappointing to see a player, rather than have the season he did last year that Marcus Rashford had to say, I was the best player last year at Man United. I carried the can for this club. It was all about me. And I'm going to try and be even better this year. And I'm going to try and take this team forward and take my career to a new level. But no, he looks to me as if he's just mailed it in. He's got the deal. And that's the problem sometimes when you give these players these new big contracts. What do you do? Do you let them go? Do you let them go on a free? Do you let them go to a club on a reduced fee? off the back of that season or do you give them the new deal? Giving them the new deal, there is always a risk that a player switches off. It's very unprofessional, but that is often the risk. And it looks to me that Marcus Rashford has gotten this new contract off the back of last year and has said, I'm happy with my deal. You guys get on with it. His attitude, in my opinion, has been absolutely rotten. Yep, so not included in Manchester United's win today. And I'm sure that's a story that will continue to develop at Manchester United. Back to you, Dan. Uh, thanks, Kay. Is that criticism fair from Craig, Shaq? Yeah, yeah, it is. The only thing I disagree with Craig a little bit on here is I, I, I don't feel that money or big contracts really change players that much. It, what it does, it takes away the ability of clubs to really take any meaningful action. Because they're on so much money, finding them two weeks' wages doesn't matter, 
putting them on on on, uh, on the transfer list doesn't really matter. Nobody's going to take them on, and that's when Manchester United have gotten themselves in trouble time and time again. But and the bigger picture to, to this as well is, for me, it kind of signals a, a cultural issue within Manchester United. You. Manchester United have always been some of the biggest players in English football, yet you would never hear about this kind of an incident 10 years ago under, under, under Sir Alex Ferguson. Never. So it, 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 there's a bigger picture to this. As far as Marcus Rashford goes, that's inexcusable. <laughs> there, is, there is nothing you can say that somehow makes this in any way acceptable at any level as a professional. I'm not talking about Manchester United. I'm not talking about an England striker who had the season that he did last year. I'm not talking about one of the highest played players in, in English football. I am talking about as a professional. You cannot do that. You cannot. If the club allows you to go elsewhere and you take a night out, your professional duty dictates that you show up next day. Mm. There, is, there is no excusing that whatsoever. So... Added to, added to all the issues coming into this, added to your poor form, this, this incident, again, just makes everything so much bigger than maybe it would be if it was, if it, if it was standalone. I, on, on the other hand, you maybe you want to criticize Eric Ten Hag, and, and some rightly do, given the amount of incidents that is now... He's now had to deal with, maybe he has something to deal with it, but at least he's trying to keep it in-house. Right. And the fact that the website is saying it's an illness, but he's saying it's internal, and his insisting of it kind of reminds me about when he was being questioned about, about Evans being selected over Varane, and he just said it was tactical. Nobody believed it, but you just got the feeling there was a whole lot more happening behind the scenes, and that's what, what you're seeing here. I don't believe it was an illness. I think this is a gross dereliction of professional duty by Marcus Rashford. You cannot excuse that. As a club, Manchester United should not accept that either. So Manchester United through to the next round. The draw was made today, uh, by the way, for the fifth round of the FA Cup. Let's take you through some of the standout ties. There aren't that many, uh, in all honesty. Blackburn again take on Wrexham. Uh, that's, of course, on Monday. The winners of that will play host to uh, Newcastle. Elsewhere, Leeds and Plymouth played out a draw yesterday. They will take on either Chelsea or Aston Villa. Bournemouth, Leicester, uh, Liverpool against Watford or Southampton. Um, Bristol or Nottingham Forest will fancy their chances against Manchester United. Wolves against Brighton. Poor old Maidstone. Uh, you get it. Yeah, you, you want another scalp. Yeah, they, they, they might fancy their chances. Go there and win, and who knows? Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, you don't want to check. Be positive. Be positive, Dan. That wouldn't be dereliction of professional duty. No, that wouldn't duty. be a dereliction of oh. their duty at all. Right? <laughs> and then it's looted against Manchester City. <laughs> what? Uh, Big words today, Shaq. <laughs> uh, so then tomorrow, Blackburn Rovers take on Wrexham, the winner play host oh, to Newcastle at the end of February. Um, our coverage begins 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, are you doing that, Shaq? You on there? When is that? Tomorrow. No, I'm not. No, I'm not here. Oh, oh there you okay. are. Thanks, Shaq. Oh, Craig's in. Craig's in tomorrow. Oh, uh, that game live on ESPN+. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Harland De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard Spy, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com fc that's all lowercase go to shopify.com fc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com fc Elsewhere at Anfield, of course, Jurgen Klopp's first game since announcing that he'll be leaving at the end of the season. And he was rewarded with a great performance uh, by Liverpool beating Norwich City by five goals to two. After the match, uh, Mark Ogden caught up with Curtis Jones. From the players' point of view, it must have been a shock, but you're from the area as well. So what's it been like amongst the fan base to, to hear that Jurgen's going to be leaving? Well, I'd say that he's like the dad of the whole of the city. Um, so, yeah, of course, you know, it's sad news, but it is what it is. He's a man and, and that's his choice. So uh, we have to respect that as well um, and just carry on our journey. How's your scouts? <laughs> what, what, what did he say in the first part of that interview? What? what? Do you know what? No, seriously, what did he say? He said Jürgen Klopp is like the dad of this city. Yeah, okay. there you go. Wow. Well done, Shaq. Yeah, yeah, I lived in Newcastle. <laughs> so, you, so you didn't understand that I either? I wasn't listening. I was already oh, planning okay. my right. brilliant piece now to our Shaka. Liverpool looking so good at the moment. They are. No matter who they play, and I know it's Norwich or it's only Fulham or it's only Bournemouth, you know, but still, it doesn't matter. They've got that little bit of mojo back. Yeah. They, where you they, think they, they could do something this season. They, they really are. And, and then... Not that Norwich is, is any kind of a litmus test as to, as to what Liverpool will look like between now and the end of the season. But given the news, Jurgen Klopp leaving, you wonder what the response would be like. Again, not that Norwich is, is that good a test, but they just cruise through this game. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was easy going. And then the, probably as, as, as important is some of those players coming back. Robertson gets minutes. I was like, comes, comes off the bench. Um, it... it, it just seems to be everything seems to be coming right at the right time for Liverpool. The big question mark remains around Mo Salah and, and his fitness, but everything else just seems to be falling into place. And I think Jurgen Klopp's announcement only motivates this team a whole lot more between now and the end of the season. Speaking of falling into place, Darwin Nunez. Mm-hmm. And so, with the absence of Mo Salah. Darwin Nunez falling into place actually becomes all the more important for Liverpool. And I, 
I have never questioned Darwin Nunez's work and his ability to run in behind and the fight and the personality that he brings to Liverpool and that front line. The finishing has been a problem and it's not really the difficult finishing, it's the easy finishes. Well today he looked very comfortable in front of goal and besides the finish, his overall game. Before when you were having him missing tap-ins, you, you wonder if it was affecting the rest of his game. Today, it was a good all-around game from Darwin Nunez, and the more that you get from Darwin Nunez, the better Liverpool are in the attack. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The headlines in Spain. Marco goes with Barca sink and Xavi goes as goodbye league, goodbye Xavi. Mundo Deportivo, Xavi's bombshell sport. Uh, Xavi is going. Uh, Sid, you watched that press conference and one thing strikes you probably more than anything. This is a man who has completely and utterly had enough. Yeah, yeah. And, and bear in mind as well, this is not just a man that has had enough. Any man, any coach. This is the guy that was a Barcelona youth teamer that's Catalan, that became the Barcelona captain, that was the heart of their best ever midfield, that had Barcelona as his everything. Absolutely his everything. A guy who talked constantly about the genetic makeup about, of Barcelona, about the identity of Barcelona, who believed in everything that, that, at least in his mind, Barcelona stood for in footballing terms. And actually, I would go beyond that and say in socio-political uh, terms as well, in terms of its identity and everything that goes with Barcelona, Xavi was the embodiment of that, or the, at least the embodiment of a genuine belief in that. And so you're not just talking about somebody who, who thinks, yeah, it's quite hard this, it's really difficult, there's lots of pressure, I don't want any part of it. It's someone who really, really wanted this job, more than anything else, really wanted to be the Barcelona manager more than anyone else, and has got to this point. And by the way, got to this point after a little over two years. He hasn't been in the job very long. He won the league title last year, which was, for what it's worth, an extraordinary achievement given everything that was happening. And yet for him to have already reached this point is, and you used the word earlier on this afternoon, it's really quite sad, actually, to, to hear him sit in a press conference and basically say, this job, and those two words, this job is cruel and unpleasant.
One thing that struck me as well, Ali, mm. these phrases, the players can be calmer now. Mm -hmm. They can play freer. Yeah. I don't get it. How does that work? How does him leaving make things easier and, inside the dressing room? And, and he's making a connection, I think, here that does not exist. He's saying that players are going to be calmer, that they're liberator, they're free of tension. Wait a second. Does your announcement mean that now the players can defend better than they have the whole season? Does that mean that they're going to be able to create more opportunities in front of goal? Does that mean that Lewandowski is now going to score whatever opportunities present themselves? I don't think that connection exists. Neither does the fact that he says that, that he's calmer as well, that he's liberated, that he sort of has this weight off his shoulders. If indeed this is a situation that is affecting your mental health, if you, if you dread the idea of coming to work because of what it means to be a Barcelona manager and the pressures that are put on you and the criticisms that are put on you, then honestly, if you are willing to speak out on this matter, why don't you just walk away then? Right. Because how, how do you then say, I'm liberated to do my job now since I've made this announcement, but you also said in the same press conference, I've been thinking about this for a while. So if you've been thinking about this for a while, it has actually taken energy away from you coaching the team, which is the thing that could have, could have resolved this issue for you. Coaching of the team so that the team play better, so that you get better results, so that there is less criticism, so that indeed there is less pressure. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. This doesn't happen uh, out of coincidence. It's the fact that the team hasn't been playing well, and he is at the forefront of the team. I don't quite understand the connection that he's making between him walking away and somehow magically the players performing at a high level, which they haven't done over the course of the whole season. Luis, what do you think? No, that in the end he's trying to take away pressure by telling the, the, the players, listen, guys, from now on, we are going to continue doing the things, but at the end of the season, you're going to be open to something new. So maybe, maybe I'm saying they can free them and try to think about, listen, let's do our best. Let's try to push a little bit because at the end of the season, we are going to try to find something. Maybe in that message is sending something like saying, uh, if you are not with me or if you think that I'm not doing what you um, need to do to win games, at the end of the season, you're going to be free to, to play a different kind of game. But I don't see also the, the, the connection between uh, living at the end of the season. Meanwhile, you have four months uh, to continue working, to continue delivering, and to continue. Then th let's not forget that they have to get into the top four if the, not the club is going to be in a big, big trouble. And they still, why not have the, the challenge of uh, the Champions League? That is also a very important matter for Barcelona. As long as they stay in the Champions League, the best for them, economically speaking. So I don't see the connection, but uh, I think that he's got in the head the idea that they're going to free the players and the players are going to play better, uh, or at least without that kind of pressure. Sid, what, go on, go on. Sorry, no, my, my, my take from, from what Xavi just said is I, I, I always feel like as a player, one of the hardest things to do as a player is to, is to walk away from the game for, for, for any reason at all, um, which is why when we're discussing other, other incidents, as, as we did last week with, with Milan and walk, players walking off the pitch, that's a difficult ask. That goes against the grain of who we are. So Xavi saying that he's waiting to the end of the season, that's, that's a hard stop. It, it's hard now... No player ever, during a game, even when you're playing badly, no player ever puts their hand up and says, substitute me. They are, that's the manager's job to make that call. And that's kind of still in his DNA, that he's, right. he's, he's going to see this out until, until 
he sees his number on uh, he sees his number up on the board. Um, so I, I that's why where I think this is coming from. And similarly, in, in terms of what he's, he's saying about the players, I took that to mean that. I, I, I've been feeling for, for some time, and I've said that I, I feel the players are, are kind of are undermining Xavi in the dressing room. And now he's saying, OK, you all wanted kind of free reign. You're about to get it. Let's just see the rest of the rest of the season out. And then you all can, can make your own decision, give them some, some of the way you, you've kind of um, managed or, or worked behind the scenes against me. And so that, that's kind of how I, how I took it. And, and I, I find it heartbreaking, especially, you know, given what, what Sid said. And for anybody who did not see Xavi as a player mm. 10 or 15 years ago, and, and Sid described him as the heartbeat of that midfield that won so much, this is a midfield that you can make the argument is, is about the best midfield football has seen. And Xavi's the heartbeat. And now to see him, given his, oh, everything about this club and his attachment to this club, to see him sit there broken. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard for anybody who saw those teams. It's hard for somebody who understands what being a football fan and then going on and represent that club is, is all about. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult. Of course, his time as a manager won't be remembered, but... Um, if you remember him as a player, you can't help but sympathize. To, to the point, Shaka, that you were making about potentially some players undermining Xavi. If you're Xavi and you know you're gone on June 30th, and obviously you've made that decision, well, at this point then, you don't rely on those players. You, you're still in a decision-making position. Mm. You're still the manager of this club. So guess what? Lean on the young guys. Yeah. Lean on the young guys, on the guys that you know that their guys at least are going to work for you, that they're going to run for you, that they're going to put everything on the line for you. If that's the young guys, then ride the young guys. If there are guys in that locker room that, uh, quite frankly, you cannot trust or, quite frankly, haven't asked what you've asked them to do, uh, they're not giving you consistent performances or simply seem to be disengaged or disinterested, then come and sit down. It doesn't matter to me what happens to you here in the future because I'm not going to be around. But I care about the young guys because those are the guys that I brought through. Lean on those guys and see if they answer the call. So what next? That's the big question. Sid, what's on the table for someone coming in at Barcelona? What will they be given? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, and it's a very good question because on the face of it, of course, you, you look at Barcelona's squad and you think, actually... That's not that bad. There's a couple of holes in it, but it's fundamentally not that bad a squad. But of course, we all know about the financial um, constraints that Barcelona have got. We know that some of those players, particularly the big name players, haven't performed very well this year. Robert Lewandowski is, is, is probably the clearest example of that. Jules Koundé as well. Although you will, I suppose, as an incoming manager, if you back yourself, believe that you can get performances out of some of those players. Maybe with Lewandowski, you look at the age and think, think otherwise. But so you come in, in theory, with a strong squad, but knowing the financial difficulties that Barcelona have got, you you also know that something will have to change in that squad, that the chances are there will have to be sales made. Why? Because they cannot register players at the moment. I'll give you an example. The arrival of Vitor Roque has happened because Barcelona took advantage of a clause in the La Liga rules that enabled them to, to use essentially the money that they would have been paying for Gavi for Vitor Roque for the rest of the season. Why? Because Gavi has got long-term injury. That clause only sees them through to the summer. So then you've got another problem. You've had players like Inigo Martinez having to, having to have their salaries dropped to get them under the bar to be able to fulfil that financial fair play criteria. So you've got those problems. You've also got, and I think it's really worth pointing this out, 
And this is one of the things that Xavi has faced. Now, Xavi has actually watched Barcelona spend a lot of money on players. It's over 250 million euros in the time that he's been there. And that is more than any of the other Spanish clubs have spent. He's seen a huge um, overhaul of players as well. Of the 17 players he used in the Super Cup last year, 11 of them had gone by the time he got to the Super Cup this year. So there's a huge amount of change within the squad. So you don't know what, how that will play out next season and what kind of squad the new manager is going to get. And you also know because of that turnover, there's been a turnover, for example, in the sporting directors have changed. The director general has changed. The CEO has changed. So you know that there's an institutional instability that you have to deal with as well. And I don't think we should overlook that in terms of being one of the ingredients that has led to this decision from Xavi. And so if you're coming in, You've got all of these doubts, but there is still that fundamental thing. And, and, and Luis mentioned this earlier. It's still Barcelona. Mm. It's still a huge club. There's still that excitement about it. There's still that attraction. I remember speaking to Jordi Cruyff about this in that first winter window when he was bringing players in at a time when it felt like Barcelona had no money at all. And he said, look, this is nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with me doing a great job. It is still true that if I phone someone up, a footballer, and say, hello, I'm phoning from Barcelona, would you like to play for us? <laughs> Most of those players still say yes. And do you believe that still stands, Luis, with managers out there? Yes, I totally believe it. And uh, again, we haven't uh, finished uh, the season and there has been rumours about Arteta maybe talking. Uh, they could be fake news or rumours or whatever. But this is going to happen in the next coming months. Any, any single one manager that is free, I'm, I'm talking about and they received the call of Barcelona because Barcelona thinks that it could be a good fit for Barcelona. It's, got, it's not even going to talk about money. And I can assure you that because just managing Barcelona, what they can do with this team, and again, I'm, I think that is a fantastic squad. Of course, you need to, to, to get something here, to get something there. It's a, a, a good bunch of young, uh, youngsters that they can come and do a great job for the future. But if you can drive, you can change the direction. If you can change a little bit the mentality of this group, is a very, very good group. So I'm sure that there is going to be a line of managers waiting for the chance. It's interesting you bring up the, the Arteta rumours that have been doing the rounds over the last couple of hours. Sky Sports in England reporting that Arteta will also have reached out and saying that he will not be leaving at the end of the season. But as Luis says, it's Barcelona. The mm -hmm. managers are going to be linked galore. Uh, Rafa Marquez, who's currently in charge of Barca B, so their second string side, has been linked to the job. This is what you have to say. You can't say no to an opportunity like this. The most important thing is to keep preparing because it's my second season as a coach here. Preparing in case that moment comes. <laughs> this has not gone down too well, Sid. <laughs> I mean, how can it possibly go down too well? Now, mm -hmm. to be fair, I'm going to defend Rafa Marquez a little bit here. He is, as you've just said, the coach of Barcelona B. His team is playing on the Saturday night after Barcelona's first team has played. After that game, with this news breaking, with him unprepared for it, he goes into a press conference and he's asked this question. And in a way, he's on a bit of a hiding to nothing. What can he say? He can't say, oh, I don't want that job. You must be <laughs> joking. There's no way I'm going in there. He's got to be careful, of course, about upsetting people, about looking like he's, he's kind of being not very tactful. And to be honest, I think he does come across as not very tactful. I don't think it's handled particularly well. But I must admit, I feel for him a little bit because I think he's thrown into a position where you kind of can't win no matter what you say. Of course. And also, by the way, he's telling the truth. Of course he would love this job. Why would he not want the opportunity to have this job? That's why he's at Barcelona B now, because in part, obviously it prepares him for any other jobs, but in part, in particular, it puts him in line for the Barcelona first team job. Now, here's one of the things, though. 
And a lot of what we've talked about in terms of Chavi's decision is about the timing, about the fact that he's saying it now, but he's actually not going for four more months. Rafa Marquez looks like a much more natural choice, doesn't he? If you're caught mid-season mm. with no money and the need to make a decision fast. And so if Chavi had last night said, I'm going and I'm going now, then Rafa Marquez without doubt becomes the natural choice. Why? Because you can do it. If you've got time to deal with things between now and the summer to get the kind of profile of manager that you want, then actually I think Rafa Marquez's opportunities are greatly greatly diminished. Uh, we heard Sid, didn't we, in our pre-match show saying that he thinks it'll be Thomas Tuchel who will be taking <laughs> over at the start of next season. Uh, Luis, what's, what, what's your preference? Would you want someone like a, a Rafa Marquez coming in and looking, of course, a good, great connection with the club to try and get things back on track or someone with a lot more experience? After what we've seen of uh, Xavi and what he's been going through uh, in the last year and a half, you, we have to think that football doesn't have remember. Doesn't, they forget about everything. And it doesn't matter if you've been a fantastic legend uh, of the game or a fantastic player for the club. You need to bring that experience on. Uh, Rafa Marquez has been at the second team. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that he could uh, not be ready for, for handling the the, 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 the dressing room of Barcelona and the way and the style of play of Barcelona because, of course, he knows very well. But I think that right now he's needed someone who can, uh, he's got experience, experience with the, with the press conference, experience with handling uh, players, experience handling years of uh, dealing with different situations and experience of what it is to be uh, a Barcelona manager and knowing that this is a club with a lot of history, with a lot of pressure, and you're going to be in tough situation during the next coming years. So I think someone with a little bit more experience will be a better, better match. Sid, we discussed this before, and I can't remember what the answer was. Laporte didn't want Xavi. It was not his first choice. Who was his first choice? Well, bear in mind that, that Joe Laporta took over and, he, and Xavi wasn't his first choice because, of course, Xavi was part of the, of the electoral candidacy of Victor Fodd, who, who had taken on Joe Laporta. So his first choice is he had been looking at, and this, this actually I think is interesting for the situation now, Joe Laporta had been looking at bigger name managers. Mm. He'd been looking at people like Pochettino. He'd been looking at people like Hansi Flick. He'd been looking, he'd, his, his kind of dream, I think, in the long run would, would, would be someone like Jurgen Klopp. But of course, that's not possible, certainly in the short term. And so I, I think that Xavi was, was someone that he knew was beneficial for him in the sense that Xavi is hugely popular. Xavi is someone that gives you a degree as a pre president. And, and I, I don't want to make this sound too cynical, but there's a degree of cynicism in this. As a president, he's someone who gives you protection. You're getting someone in who is popular. You're getting someone in who symbolises the club. You're getting someone in who all the fans are going to go, yes, we're behind this guy. We're on this guy's side. And actually what Laporta had said, and he was unhappy about, or well, not unhappy about, but he kind of apologised for, was hanging on to Ronald Koeman so long. And bear in mind, by the way, that Ronald Koeman was also a club legend. The guy that scores the winning goal when they win the 1992 European Cup, the first European Cup in their history. So there's no guarantee, however big a player you are, that that protection lasts beyond of course the results and that's one of the things that Xavi has found and I think it's been hard for Xavi to accept that degree of pressure to accept that degree of criticism to accept that sense that people are looking at him and thinking this isn't very good because of course quite naturally he's thinking but all those things I did you know that care that I have for this club the fact that this club is everything it's quite hard but as you say Laporta's idea wasn't necessarily him to start with, but that became a useful option. And that's not to say he didn't want Xavi to succeed. Of course he did, 
but he initially was looking at it in terms of much higher profile names. And I think that if Barcelona can pull it off, that is where they will go next. Uh, we, could, we could talk about this and we will talk about it, I'm sure, uh, a lot over the next few days and weeks and months. But for now, we'll say thank you very much uh, to Sid. Luis, you're done. Hey! hey that was it. Right. It's a long day for Luis. Luis was with us earlier as well for the Liverpool game as well. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. That is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Fear not, though. Extra time will be next. It's Fear just not. Ali and Shaka, but it could still well, be fun. Uh, be not. sure to stay with us. Just, Fear not. It's just us. <laughs> Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Shaka and Ali alongside me. For Ali, who should Barcelona go for in the summer to replace Xavi? Mm. It's interesting. We were talking in the show about the Barcelona DNA and the playing style of mm-hmm. Barcelona. Before you address the manager situation, I think you have to address the fact that this Barcelona DNA and that this Barcelona style needs to be revamped, needs to be evolving as the rest of the game is around the world. So which manager can do that? If I were Barcelona. Yes. And I know it doesn't build up I know, it doesn't, I know. It doesn't oh, seem yeah. like a direct connection oh. because there are direct connections elsewhere around the world. Right. Xavi Alonso would be my guy. Ooh, I don't think that's going to happen, is it? Well, I you, you asked me who I would go for. No, no, that's true. And I think it's a play, it's, it's a yes. manager that can take young players, which is the, what's going to be the core group for Barcelona, and take them to an entirely well, he different level. may have interests elsewhere. Well, that's what I said, that there would be other interests around the world that perhaps... Okay, let's, would throw, take... let's throw you this one then. Okay. If you're Xavi Alonso, who would you choose, if you had to, between Liverpool and Barcelona? Well, if, if, if I'm Xavi Alonso and my connection is direct with Liverpool, and of course I'm going to Liverpool. Right. From the perspective of Barcelona, you want, you want to have the, the personality of your game, which is the possession. Yeah. And that is something that Xavi Alonso would bring. That is very helpful answer. 2.0 would be Xavi Alonso as well. It's not the answer you want, but I don't care. That's what I would do. We know, we know who Shaq will have. I already told you who it is. Yeah, exactly. I know not who I'll have. I already told you who it is going to be. I know, I know. Who's that going to be? Michelle. Shaka's 2024 predictions, uh-huh. he mm-hmm. said at the start of the year that Michel will be the next manager of Barcelona. Yeah. I don't know what the, all the fuss is about. I, I already told you what's happening. Anyway. I, and I like it. Yeah. I actually like Michel. I just don't think that he is 
as accomplished as some people would want him to be to take on the, the job. That's all. What are the chances of Liverpool winning their next two Premier League games, Chelsea and Arsenal? Very good. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I think it's difficult. Yeah. Very good. Very good as well. <laughs> there you are. Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Do you think the Liverpool players feel added pressure to win the Premier League for Klopp since he's leaving and beloved by the supporters? No, I don't think they feel added pressure. I think pressure comes with territory. I don't think there's anything added to that. Well, and, and according to Xavi, when a manager leaves a club, then the players are liberated. When they, yeah, announce, yeah, yeah. when they announce that they're leaving, then the players are free to play and comer under pressure, so on and so forth. No, I, I actually think it works in favor of Liverpool uh, that this relationship is coming to an end, but it's coming to an end under different circumstances than that of Xavi and Barcelona. There is something inspirational about this, and it actually gives the players a rallying point, a common ground for them to rally around and say, this is it, this is how we're gonna end it with Jurgen Klopp. We're gonna win everything that we can play in. Speaking of Jurgen Klopp, do you think his next club could be Real Madrid. It's perfect for him. All the players who rejected Liverpool for Madrid waiting for him, including possibly Mbappe, they could suit his style of football. I, I don't think, are we, are we talking four years, five years, maybe? I don't think so. I think that Ancelotti's staying that long, is I, I, I don't think Jurgen Klopp's going to take another job for That's a long time. To get. He says a year, doesn't he? Where have you got four years from? I just, you, I, that, that's where have you that from? I, I, that's, what I, that's what I feel. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what you got from his That's what I, state. yes, <laughs> that's what I oh, feel. That's four years. I just, if I were Barcelona, I would go after Jurgen Klopp as well. Oh, well, I mean, oh God. <laughs> what do you think? What's the energy the last place you want to be in Barcelona right now? I think Real and Klopp could have a lovely time together. Yes, they could, and I think he has the personality to deal with the politics of the club as well. He, yeah. if he feels like he's a guy that would not run away from a press conference and would actually be able to handle the Madrid, Madrid media pretty well. His style of play is also something that you can picture happening at yeah. Santiago Bernabeu. Start, oh, this is tough. Start bench will drop if these players consistently played to their full potential. Right. Darwin Nunez, Leroy Sané, Jaden Sancho. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think Darwin Nunez belongs in that list, by the way. It's a, it's a, yeah, I mean, Sané and Sancho, you can see the link. Yeah. Uh, anyway, last question that was asked. Well, okay, let me, can I, sub, I'll substitute? Yeah. Let me substitute Darwin Nunez for Jao Felix. Okay. I think, right. I think that's maybe a link. Hey, good job, Dan. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll go Sané, Felix, Sancho. Yeah, correct. For Sha but neither, none of these guys, if I were a manager or a sporting director or anything, would I want them anywhere near my team? No, you're too busy chasing Xavi Alonso. Xavi! Xavi! Alonso, I mean, Alonso. Uh, for Shaka, will Maidstone be in your power rankings? Could be. I'll put them in. Be fun. It, it's not your power ranking, it should be fun, Shaq. Yeah. No, it's... They should be no, my, analysis. I mean, well, they are, but they, they, they also represent football. The love of the but game. But when, when Bayern Munich lost, so who did the they romance. lose? Romance. That, that Brooking. Saar Brooking. Saar Brooking in. Oh, nobody wrote in an ask for, for Saar. Oh, I say it's like this now, is it? It's, it's got to write in an ask. About the romance, my power rankings also. What? One question, he just asked you, is Mason going to be in and you're the one that puts together the power ranking and your answer was, 
Could be. As if it was somebody else well, have, doing the power ranking. I haven't done the data yet. Oh, the, the algorithm. The algorithm. Okay. That's, that's okay. correct. I'm sorry, Shaq. Uh, right. Shaka and Ali, have either of you tried kicking an American football? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. We were talking about this. Which one of you two do you think would be better at kicking a field goal in the NFL? You're pointing sure. at Shaka. Yeah, absolutely. Those, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, if, if, I had a, if I had to kick a field goal, I'm not backing myself. Oh, well. Oh. Okay, then I'll point at myself now. Yeah, no, no. Wait, what's the problem? Kicking that ball is hard. Why? It's weird. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to describe. It's, it, it's really weird. Well, one, you're naturally kicking higher up in the ball than you would a soccer ball. Mm. So, it, you know, so your angle of approach is just kind of odd. And it's a funny shape. That's not, that's not ball. Yeah. What, what, so, weird on, on the soccer field, you, tr- you try to drive the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas here, you have to drive it, but you got to get height right away. Right. To get it over the people. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But I would, I would assume that the goalkeeper here would have length I, in terms I, of the, his kicking ability, and therefore he would be a candidate. But now that you're telling me you stink at it, I, I hated kicking it. I'll weird. take the field goal then. Well, it's, 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 maybe if I spend a little bit more time and you kind of get used oh, to it, well, but I don't know. That's not just I, I hated everything about Stevie's it. Stevie's son, Michael's a kicker. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's hey. a weird ball, though. <laughs> Did you just say you're gonna spend more time kicking? No, I said that? maybe if if I spend more time, oh, I'd get used to it. But you're very busy. It's just yeah, exactly. I'm not standing out on it. That's not out on a field. That's not happening. <laughs> just, just for so. Oh, Shaka, what a win it was for the West Indies. Oh, oh, oh. Did you follow it no. as they won, of course, against Australia? Apparently, it brought the great Brian Lara to tears, who was doing commentary during the match. Yeah, so a clip of, of Lara at the end of the game kind of went went viral, away, just about in tears. Uh, Shamar Joseph, young fast bowler from from Guyana, mad the match, uh, incredible story. Um, to the first part of the question, no, I didn't follow it. It's been frustrating trying to follow West Indies and between West Indies and West Indies cricket, trying to be a football, there's only so much I can take. So no, I didn't follow. But good news. Let's and England beat India. Yeah. Hey, hey. Ah, in, in, hey. Did you follow it? Well, no, because the hours are terrible. It oh. like starts at 11 p.m. and ends at 8, 7, 8 in the morning. Oh, that's, that's, my, that's what I should have used. That as my excuse. But that was like, it's one of the best comebacks we've ever had in Test cricket. And somehow you made that question that was about Shaq and West Indies, about you and England. Well, just, oh, just, yeah, just yeah. a little, yeah, <laughs> adding yeah, a little yeah. bit more spice yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> just because I poo-pooed Shabby a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Final question. Shaka, how did you come to be named after one of the most influential African kings? What is the origin origin story behind The origin story. Oh. Yeah. Well, as as you know, my first name is Neil. My mum said her first boy child was going to be Neil. Any particular reason? Just like the name Neil. Neil Neil Armstrong. I I don't know. My mum just said to my dad, our first Neil boy, Diamond. Our first boy is going to be Neil. He did an internship, didn't he, at NASA? Uh, yeah, I, I did. Full, sir, full ah, circle. Look, so that, yeah. That's the Neil. And then my, my dad just felt that, given our descent, our African descent, he wanted his children to have an African name. And I got Shaka. Oh, not a bad one, Shaq. Well, I'll let my dad know you uh, oh, Yeah, approved. exactly. And when Shaka Khan came up, were you like, oh. oh God, I hated that song. Yeah, I imagine so. How so old I, you I, was, I was about 15. Oh, no. And I could not walk 10 yards yes. without somebody singing, oh, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. how's, that, how's that again, Shaka? Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> we we, we don't want to pay the royalty. Yeah, please, <laughs> because, you know. Yeah, that must Otherwise, be, I would have. That must oh, be oh, annoying. I, honestly, I could not go 10, 10 feet without people singing the freedom of peace. And what about Alejandro? Is that a family name? 
I don't know where my name came from, but it's not a family name. But now I'm making it a family name because my firstborn is Alejandro. Oh, that's a bit of an ego thing, isn't it? Absolutely not. It's just good to continue. <laughs> just continue the bloodline. To continue the bloodline. Oh, He's not doing so well. Alejandro, he's had the flu. Oh, bless him. Bless him. He's had, had an eventful time. weekend. Yeah. So, I think, I think so, as a responsible dad, uh -huh. and as Alejandro the first, yes. you should go down and take care of him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> make sure, you know, his, I, make sure his I, sheets are clean. <laughs> <laughs> so is he junior or the second or anything no, like that? No, 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 just, no that. Didn't want to put that kind of pressure on him. Right. <laughs> so so my, my Nathaniel uh -huh. uh, is named, Denise chose the name, after Denise's ex-boyfriend. Oh, lovely. Well, that's good. Lovely. <laughs> that's it. Stop. You win. <laughs> oh, get you you are the winner. I know. <laughs> I don't know where to go with it. Wrap this up. Wrap this up. I'm wrong. Oh, boy. Oh, Nathaniel. Ah, boy. Oh, he didn't make it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that information, though. It's the NFC back tomorrow, oh, where, of course, we Hopefully. talk about Hopefully. Blackburn against Wrexham. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Oh, can't. Shaka Khan. He can't. <laughs> <laughs>